Good morning and happy Saturday. Uh, well, I guess it probably won't be morning by the time that this is posted, but I hope that you're doing well regardless. Um, so this is the second episode of my podcast. How exciting is that? Uh, there actually were quite a few of you guys that listened to the first one and came and gave me feedback and told me what you thought about all the weird questions that I answered. So thank you so much for those of you who listened. I do appreciate it. I also feel like I need to say before I get into the episode today that I am feeling a little bit raspy. Um, I woke up with a bit of a headache and my throat kind of feels funny. And this is like a weird time to be feeling those things. You know, every time you feel just a little bit off, it's like, oh my God, am I actually sick? What's going on? So um, I'm I'm fine, but I just, like I said, I feel a little bit raspy. So if I sound like I just woke up, um, I woke up a few hours ago. That's just the way my voice is today. So I apologize if it's off-putting. But today I wanted to tell you guys a story of an experience I had last month. Um, So I think I mentioned it in my first episode, but if I didn't, I am in the army. So now I am in the reserves, Um, but they have what's called the basic leadership course. So for you, those of you that don't know, um, basically it's just an army course that everybody has to go to before you can make um, sergeant. Before you get promoted, they make you go to this school. So for me, it was not something I was ever like very excited to do. I knew I would have to probably do it eventually, but um, it's normally pretty pretty close to a month. Um, I think it used to be a month. Now it's the one that I went to was 23 days. So I just didn't have time to go before. I was going to school year round, and so I was just putting it off for the longest time. And um, finally, my unit was like, you got to go. When are you going? So um, last year, I want to say it was probably like October, November. I actually told them, okay, I'll go in August. <laughs> that was like plenty of time for me to, you know, kind of get get things in line for that. So they signed me up for a class for August. And then obviously in March, you know, all the stuff with the pandemic started happening. And so I'm like, surely they're not going to send me to school now, you know, like what's going to happen? And um, they actually ended up doing the class virtually. So that started um, in the beginning of August and day zero, you know, it's just like in processing. But day one, you pretty much hit the ground running. You have classes that you're in all day long and they pretty much give you all of your assignments up front. They tell you everything that's going to be due throughout the 23 days of the course. So it is a little bit overwhelming, but um, yeah, day one, you're already starting classes. So in our first class, um, our instructor towards the beginning, you know, they ask, they start asking questions or ask you to read stuff. And we're doing this through Microsoft Teams. So if you guys don't know how that system works, it's basically just a conference call, but you can see the list of participants and they have what's called the raise hand feature. So you can click that button and it just puts a little hand icon next to your name so that the, pre- the presenter knows that you're wanting to speak. So you can unmute yourself and like say your piece. So anyways, um, he would ask us a question and only maybe like one or two people put their hand up at first. And of course he gave us the, the spiel of like, okay guys, you know, this is a leadership course. I need maximum participation. Everybody needs to be raising their hand. And one thing he told us was that they monitor you based on your, what they call ats and comps. So it's just attributes and competencies. So your attributes being pretty much like your personal characteristics, you know, your personality, are you a leader? Do you speak up? Do you contribute to the conversation in an intelligent way? All that kind of stuff. 
Um, so that's the part he was referring to. And he's like, you know, you need to raise your hand. You need to engage in the class because you're being judged at all times. We're grading you for like every single thing that you do here. So me being an introvert, you know, I, I wasn't the type of person to raise my hand. I don't like speaking in front of classes, even though it's virtual. I was like, man, I'd rather just, you know, sit and watch. But I pretty much decided at that moment that I was just going to raise my hand for everything. Partly, yes, because it's required. So if I know I'm being graded on it, it's like I might as well just do it because I don't want to, you know, get, get a poor grade for that portion of it. But also, I really just decided to use it kind of as an experiment for myself. Um, I think that in my past, I've pretty much just told myself I'm not good at speaking. I can't organize my thoughts. I stumble over my words. I just have always told myself that it's a skill that is just I'm not good at it. And I've never thought of it as something that could be developed. It was like I would rather just ignore it and stay away from it than work at it and try to be better because I really didn't think that I could be better at it. So since I'm being graded on it, I decided why not just see if I just put myself out there for 23 days, be that annoying person that raises my hand first every time, uh, what would happen? So in the beginning, you know, you would think because it's a virtual class and I'm just sitting here in my living room talking to my computer that it wouldn't be a big deal. But literally every time I raised my little virtual hand, I would get so nervous, like not just nerves, like my heart would start pounding, my hands would get shaky. I just, it was the same feeling as if being in front of the classroom of 20 people with all of their eyes on me. It felt exactly the same. And I was literally like so nervous. Um, I would say that probably lasted for most of the course, maybe, maybe to some degree, the whole thing. I just always felt nervous. But what's interesting is that probably like day three or so of the class, um, one of the other students, uh, one of the girls, she had messaged me privately and she just told me like, oh, I hope this doesn't come off as weird or anything, but you know, I just wanted to tell you, I think that you bring up good points in class and you know, I like the, the things that you talk about and I look up to you for that in a way. And I was like, oh my gosh, really? Like, I was so shocked because like I said, I held this belief that I was like stupid and that I couldn't express myself or, you know, that I sounded dumb or whatever, whatever negative thing that I held about myself. And she was telling me the complete opposite, you know, that she looked up to me for how I spoke. So that was like the first thing that kind of made me think like, okay, you know, maybe I'm not as terrible as I thought that I was. So then throughout the class, um, we do get divided up into what they call breakout groups. So they just divided us into three groups where we could have separate discussion about things. Um, they also put us in there for assessments. So whenever we were getting graded on stuff, we would go to our breakout groups and the instructor would come in and out of the different rooms, if you will, um, to grade somebody. So while we were all sitting there, it was for our um, physical training assessment. So he was in another group grading somebody else, and we were just sitting there chatting, and we were talking about our public speaking assignment that was going to be due at the end of the class. And I had just said, like, man, I'm so nervous for that. I hate public speaking. Um, the speech was supposed to be between 8 to 12 minutes long. And I said, I don't know how I'm going to do 8 to 12 minutes because I get nervous just talking in class, and that's only for a few seconds. And the people in my group, they were like, oh, really? They were like, well, you don't seem nervous. You know, you, you keep it together very well. And, and they would say, yeah, we, we couldn't tell at all. Like, you just seem normal. 
And then a couple of the other people said they also felt nervous about public speaking and just talking in class. And I thought the same thing. You know, I couldn't tell that they were nervous. I think there was 20 people in our class. And out of everybody, maybe like two people, I could kind of see their nerves when they talk. But I wasn't thinking like, oh my God, this guy's having, you know, a full on panic attack. I guess it was just eye opening to me because it's like we all felt the same way. Nobody enjoyed talking during class or nobody was looking forward to the the public speaking assignment. And everybody really felt nervous to some degree about speaking in front of each other. But really, you couldn't tell that in most people. I mean, everybody seemed confident, calm, whatever. And so that was like eye-opening to me that like we're all feeling the same way, but nobody looks as bad as they feel. And so I think we have a tendency to over-exaggerate how we feel about a thing or how bad we are or how people are judging us when really like nobody gives a shit. We're all in the same boat and you probably just seem average because by definition, most people are average. So that made me feel good that I, I didn't have to worry about that. So as I'm going through the class, I'm actually like excited to share my ideas because I'm realizing that, oh, I'm not like a bumbling idiot. <laughs> you know, I actually have something of value to contribute to the conversation. You know, that felt good. But of course, as life would have it, I would be challenged again throughout these 23 days of the course. So we're getting towards the end. I did well in my my speech and I had like, we had to do a class. You have to present a class of like an army task. And um, three days before the, the class was set to end, we were in a call that they were telling us how to sign our final paperwork. So there's like a system you have to log into to go sign your, your graduation um, paperwork. So we were doing a little tutorial on that. And then he says, okay, I need these three people to stay behind after the call. And I was one of the three people. And I wasn't too worried about it, only because the other two people that were in that group were pretty smart people. So I thought, okay, this this is not a bad thing, probably. I didn't know what it was about, but I wasn't worried about it, really. And um, he tells us, okay, so, you know, there's this thing called the BLC Leadership Board. And you guys are our picks to go to the Leadership Board. Now, they didn't even tell us the whole time that this would be a thing. I had never heard of it before. They kind of just like threw it on us. So how it was going to work was there was the actually the female that had messaged me earlier that I was talking about. She was their first pick. Um, so she was supposed to go against somebody from the other what they call battle rooms. So it was going to be her against their pick for the board. And then whoever did well at the mock board would go to the real thing for the platoon and they would be in the one with the first sergeant. So she was the first pick for our battle room, and um, the mock board was set for the next day. It was like 24 hours, a little more than that, away. So they said, you know, if she didn't feel confident kind of by the end of the day or in the morning, then she could pass it to me because I was the second pick, and then if I didn't feel confident, then I could pass it to the next guy. And then they said, hopefully it'll just stop there. <laughs> you know, one of you three will do it. Um, but it, it seemed like the way they presented it to us it seemed like we had a choice, right? Like, if you don't feel prepared, we're not going to send you in there so you can just pass it off to the next person. So the board basically was going to be everything we'd learned for the past however many days. So every class we had been into, everything was game to be asked at the board. And that, and then there's what what's called the NCO creed. So normally, if you were at this class in person, you would cite the NCO creed, I guess, every day in the morning. But because we did it virtually, 
they never told us about the NCO creed. I knew about it before the course, but because the class, they give you so much work and there was just so much going on that I hadn't even thought once about the NCO creed until he said it, you know, he said it and I just went, Oh shit. Like I haven't even looked at it. I didn't know what it was. So the NCO creed, it's three paragraphs long. They're kind of small paragraphs, but it's, it's a lot if you don't know it. So I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to study everything we've done the past three weeks and memorize this NCO creed in like one day. But I didn't feel too pressured because I was second pick and the girl that they picked to be first, she was very smart and she was also, um, she's what's called AGR. So that's like a reservist. AGR is called active guard reserve. So she's technically with the reserves, but she's on like active um, status within that unit. So she works like Monday through Friday, just like active duty, but she's attached to a reserve unit. So she was a lot more motivated to get promoted because this is her job that she does every day. So I'm like, yeah, you know what? She's got it. She already knew like half of the NCO creed. Um, She felt confident. So I'm like, I'll study a little bit, but I wasn't too worried because I thought even if I don't feel ready, I can pass it to the next guy because I'm thinking he's very smart too. You know, if I don't have it, then he's got it. So um, the next day, actually, the board was supposed to be at like 3 p.m., I think. And I was in a call for a focus group for like the end of the course. It's basically like a what went right, what went wrong kind of thing. So I was the representative for my battle room. So I was in that call. It was long. It was like almost two and a half hours. So I didn't get out of there until almost 4.30. And so I'm thinking the board, you know, the mock board that they were doing, I thought that was like over and done with. And when I got out of that focus group call, I went into my chats and we had a chat between us three because we were kind of talking about like, wait, are you guys ready? No, I'm not ready, whatever. And uh, I went in there and the the female had said that they hadn't called her yet. So I'm like, oh my God, I thought I was like, you know, out of the woods. And, uh, but still she was waiting for them to call her. So I'm thinking, okay, they're just going to call her. And then that's going to be that because she said that she was ready. So, um, sitting at my computer, you know, we're kind of waiting for them to do that. And then we would have the end of day call. And probably about like 15 minutes later, my instructor is calling me in a, in a video message. And I'm like, Oh shit, what does he want? You know? So I, I answer it and it wasn't my instructor. It was an, another staff sergeant who I'd never even seen before. And so I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. And he was like, okay, you know, specialist Glenn, we're going to do a mock board with you right now. And I'm like full out, like panicking. I'm like, what the hell? I've never been to a board before in person. Now it's all virtual, right? So there's like a certain procedure when you're in person. There's certain ways you're supposed to enter the room and you're supposed to like do all this. You're supposed to address the board in a certain way. Like all these things are very like by the book. But now we're doing it virtually. So, you know, I've just, I've answered the call and I'm just sitting here looking at him and he was like, okay, you know, you you can go ahead and enter the board. (laughs) And I don't even know how to do this in like a normal setting. So virtually I'm just like, what the, like I'm here, what do I do? I, I didn't know. And I just told him, I said, you know, Sergeant, I've never been to a board before. I said, I know there's procedures, but we didn't go over that. So I don't, like, I don't know what to do. So basically he's like, whatever, okay, go ahead and like sit down. And they were going to ask me questions. So my two instructors were actually there. Um, so it was this, the other staff sergeant and my instructors. 
They each asked me, I think, two questions, um, example questions that could be something they asked at the board. And um, I got every single one of them wrong. I think I got like part of one of them right, but it was a train wreck. I knew nothing. They even tell you if you don't know the answer to a question they ask you, if you know the regulation or like the FM or whatever, that that answer could be found. If you can give them that regulation, that's like almost just as good as knowing the answer. But of course, I didn't study that because I was just going through all the slides and trying to learn the NCO creed that... I didn't even get that far. So I didn't know the FMs. I didn't know the answers. I just failed completely. I mean, you guys, it was so bad at one point <laughs> that the staff sergeant was actually laughing at me. <laughs> he was laughing with me because I was laughing too, but I was just so embarrassed. So they asked me to say the NCO creed. I almost got like halfway through it. I couldn't even get that far. So it was just terrible. So they're like, okay, we're done with you. So what happened was, I guess they went and called the other guy too, and then they called us all back. So it was us three um, plus the guy from the other battle room that they that they had picked or nominated. And my instructor, he was like, yeah, you know, I know we said we were just going to, you know, go with her for the first pick, but we figured why not just, you know, bring you guys all in and give you guys all a chance and see who who would have the best chance, you know, to represent second platoon. So I'm thinking, well, I did so terribly that there's no way they're going to pick me. So at least I'm like off the hook there. And um, they ended up picking me. They said they thought that the best chance for second platoon to win would be to go with me. And I was just floored. I thought, what the hell? So there is there is a part in the beginning where they ask you to introduce yourself and they ask you, why do you think that you should win the board? And that's a very important question. And they say, you know, you should have a good answer to that. I think that's, I mean, it has to be why they picked me. Because I do think I had a good answer for it. But I didn't know anything else. <laughs> I couldn't answer any questions or say the NCO creed. So it has to be that they liked that answer. Because I don't know what the hell else they saw in me. Because I thought I did terribly. So of course I'm panicked. Because I didn't think it was even a possibility before they called me. Because I thought the other girl was going to do it. And then after the mock board... I thought, well, I fucked that up so bad. <laughs> There's no way they're going to sit me in front of the first sergeant, right? But they did. So at this time, it's like 5 o'clock, maybe 4.30, 5 o'clock in the evening. And the board was supposed to be at 9 o'clock the next morning. So I'm like, holy shit, I have to go study like 20 days of material. I have to learn this NCO creed. I sat in my chair until like 9.30 that night studying and um, woke up the next morning and some of the other students were nice enough to create a, a little meeting where they asked me some questions um, just to help me prep like first thing in the morning. So that was probably at about like 7.30 in the morning that we started that. And um, I actually, I did pretty well. I mean, I think I got all but maybe like one or two of the questions that they asked me. And those ones that I didn't know, I had by that time I memorized all the regs so I could give them the correct reg to go look it up in. So I felt pretty good. I was like, okay, I actually, you know, I retained a lot of the information I studied yesterday. I learned the NCO creed. I could say that all the way through word for word. Um, so I felt pretty good. So we ended that call at about like eight o'clock because I was like, I want to just have an hour to have my coffee and like just chill out and get like mentally prepared for it. So I'm sitting there and uh, all of a sudden, you know, as I'm alone in the morning, I just feel the nerves coming in and it starts with like up one or two little butterflies in my stomach. And the longer I sat there waiting for that nine o'clock call to come through, 
Now all of a sudden my stomach is in knots. My heart starts racing. I'm getting like shaky nerves. Like I don't even want to drink my coffee because I'm feeling a little like sick to my stomach. And um, I just start going into panic mode. And my brain is thinking, okay, I'm feeling nervous. And it's because like, you know, I, I just felt this sense of like dread. of like, why did they pick me? I'm not the best person for this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough, whatever. Like all these negative thoughts come into my head. And I'm just thinking... I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. And um, I just was pacing around my, my tiny little apartment and I thought, okay, I started to feel these physical things, you know, butterflies in the stomach and all that. And what happened was my brain took those physical stimuli and then started down this thinking pattern that has probably been hardwired from who knows when, could have been from childhood, multiple experiences in my life probably hardwired this thought pattern to come through my head to think that, okay, you're feeling this way physically because you're stupid, because you're not good enough for this. The physical feeling transformed into those thoughts. And I just had to like take a step back. And I thought, let me think about this in another way. What other type of emotion or thought or feeling could make me feel this way physically. I'm thinking it's just like anxiety and panic attack, but what if it was just adrenaline running through my body? And what if I had adrenaline running through me because I was actually excited? And if I were excited, why would that be? Maybe I'm excited because I've been given this opportunity to show how hard I worked and how much I learned. And I've been given this opportunity to go compete with other people who were like the best in their class. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty fucking cool, right? Like out of 20 people, my instructor saw something in me that said you can go compete with the other people who beat out 20 people. And it was no sooner than I thought, let me just think about this in terms of excitement instead of anxiety, that I like checked back in with my body and my heart rate was completely normal. I didn't feel my heart pounding in my chest. It was just normal. And my stomach still had like a couple butterflies, but it wasn't like in knots and I didn't feel nauseous. And that was such a powerful moment for me because I had never analyzed a situation like that. You know, I just took for granted that whatever my brain was telling me was true because your brain is very smart, but I think that it comes up with these mechanisms that don't always help you. There are things that your brain has done that might be efficient, right? That, I mean, think about how quickly that I felt, you know, that feeling in my stomach and my brain just like in a split second came up with this whole story about why I'm feeling this way. And it, it kind of triggered that like flight or fight response of making me want to be like, oh, let me just tell them I can't do it or whatever. Like my brain just wanted me to get out of that situation. But what I learned is like, if you could just hit pause, in that, in that moment, just hit pause and just think about the alternative. Because I think there's always an alternative situation, an alternative reasoning of why you might be feeling this way. Think about different patterns that your brain could use instead of using this physical stimuli to just freak the fuck out. Hardwire your brain to do something different. It's not easy. You have to be so self-aware, like at every minute of every day to do that, but it's possible. I changed the way that I was thinking about a situation and my body physically responded. I mean, that's fucking crazy. Just giving a different thought pattern a chance, just considering that it might be true and my body like physically responded to that. That's some powerful shit. I don't know. I'm not a motivational speaker, so I don't know if that story is inspiring to you guys or if it just sounds like a bunch of bullshit. 
But if you have that kind of experience for yourself, you'll feel how powerful it is. Like you really do have control over your brain and over your body. And it's not something that you just have to accept to be true or to think, you know, this is just me. This is just how I am. Like, no, this is the thought patterns and the mechanisms that your brain has hardwired for you because it's trying to be efficient and just work out these processes to be automatic so that you don't have to spend the time or energy to think about it. However, just because your brain decided this is how we should handle it, it doesn't mean your brain's always right. And you actually do have the power to control those things and to change them into something that's more beneficial for you. So I guess, you know, at the end of the day, um, what I really learned is just that so many of the limits and the the beliefs that we hold about ourselves are self-imposed. I think we're capable of so much more than we have previously thought. You know, especially if if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that it's either because the title resonated with you or something about me resonated with you. And you probably consider yourself an introvert too. And you probably hold ideas about yourself about why you can or can't do these certain things. And it's just most of it is not true. It's just really not true. What I want you guys to take away from it is just to give the alternative a chance. Not just in those moments where you're freaking out and having a a panic attack, but like every minute of every day, realize that you have a choice and there's an alternative you um, that's just waiting to be lived. And all you have to do is make the decision to be that alternative. So the way I think about it is, I don't mean like the, the big picture, like, you that, you know, owned your own business or you're a millionaire and you're living in a mansion, whatever, like fine, have that ideal you of what you want your future to look like. But I mean like right now, every morning I used to wake up and I would like watch the news or just watch entertainment TV while I'm getting ready to go to work or whatever. And I just realized there's another me that can work hard, that can be curious and seek information. Like I just want to spend all my time doing things that better myself because now I know that it's possible. Before I would kind of flip-flop between like some days I'd wake up and I would feel motivated and I would be like, yeah, I can do all the things that I want to do and achieve things and whatever. And then some days I would wake up and just be like, you know what? I just want to watch Netflix today. That's all that I, that's all that I want to do. That's my goals for today. And um, this experience has just made me realize that like I can invest the time and the energy into doing things that are a little bit, a little bit more challenging for me because I now know that it'll pay off. I think that sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking that, you know, you just want to be entertained now. You want to do the thing that's comfortable now because you could spend your time learning a new skill or reading a book or doing all this self-improvement stuff. But at the end of the day, if you don't believe that it's going to help you and you don't believe that you can actually change, that's a lot of time wasted, right? Whereas you could say, oh, well, I just want to watch whatever on, you know, Hulu, And that you know that you're going to be entertained for that hour. You know exactly what you're getting from your time. Whereas when you don't believe that you can change and that you can be better, if you go down this self-improvement path, but you don't think you're going to change, that your brain just sees that as wasted time and your brain doesn't want to waste time. But if you can prove to yourself that you put in the work, you master your brain, and you can actually get a lot of good shit out of that, it just makes you want more of that. So now going back to like the idea of the alternative you, you know, in in every situation now I'm like, well, I could sit and watch TV, but there's an alternative me that wants to do an online course, that wants to read a book, 
that wants to listen to a podcast about like nutrition or health or mental health or whatever. There's an alternative me that sees that I can make an investment now in my future and do things that are going to help me and better myself, or I can just seek the, the right now pleasure. Hey guys, this is post-processing Tracy. Um, I was just going through and editing this episode and I realized I didn't even tell you guys what happened at the actual board. I got so wrapped up in my little motivational speech that I didn't even tell you guys how the real deal went. So I actually went into the board, felt pretty good. Um, There was the first sergeant there and four of the senior SGLs and they each asked me, I think it was three questions they each asked me and I'm pretty sure I got all but one of them right. Most of them, I knew the answers before they even finished the question. And the one, there was a couple that I didn't know, but I knew the regulations and the references that they could be found in. So I felt pretty good about my performance. I said the NCO creed um, almost perfectly, and I did end up winning. I think there was four people altogether that competed, and I actually won, so that was cool. I guess the whole reason that I kind of forgot to mention it was that that really is not the point of the story. I mean, yes, it was nice to have all of my hard work paid off and I can say that I won, but that kind of mental epiphany that I had, that experience of gaining control over my mind and my body was worth so much more than just saying, oh, I won the board. But I figured you guys would have probably been curious if I had just left that out because my mock board was such a disaster. But yes, I did turn it around and I won. But again, that's not the moral of the story. So I hope that you found the other part of it just as, if not more, motivating. So anyways, um, I'm going to cut this off because this is getting too long. But I hope in some way that this motivated you. If you've had experiences like this that have kind of challenged the way that you've thought about yourself before, I would love to hear about them. I still don't have an email set up for this podcast yet, but you can always um, follow me on Instagram, you know, message me over there. Let me know your experiences about it. And if you haven't had this kind of experience or if listening to this made you realize that there are things that you want to change about yourself that maybe you thought were just kind of set in stone, come talk to me about that. I want to hear about that too. So anyways, guys, I'm going to head out of here. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I hope you're all doing well and thank you for listening. Thank you.